Welcome to the Glow Up Effect podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Diana. Here at the Glow Up Effect, we're diving deep into mindset shifts, inspiration, and daily actions to help you thrive in your everyday. Let's get down to business and let's claim your glow up, girl. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Glow Up Effect. I am back with KG. Hey. Now I can affectionately call her that. Katie Grimes. <laughs> um, so if you follow me on social media, I've just been ranting and raving about uh, linking up with Katie again to have another episode. Her episode launched uh, very recently on season two, and it has been a hit. It if has I haven't been. already told you, I think I was waiting to tell you in person. No, what happened? Oh, it has been a hit. Like everyone's like, oh my gosh, this resonated with me. This is amazing. Like my perspective on love has changed. So get out. I love that so much. Positive vibes there. And I think I told you that someone reached out to get coaching one on one. This is what it's about. So it. it was a hit. Um, yeah, and we loved each other, so we decided to do another episode together. Um, and this episode will be fun because we have some listener questions that were submitted. I keep looking at my laptop, but I have nothing there but sound waves. Um, the <laughs> content here is on my phone. So kind of, let's just check in. You know, how are you feeling today? What's, what's new? You had a successful week, I heard. Yeah, so I got client. two coaching clients two. come in, which was awesome. So I'm almost at my max now. Um, so I'm taking two more private coaching clients. Mm-hmm. And then and I am getting ready for next Thursday in Boston. I'm doing an event where if even if people are not in Boston, mm-hmm. we can live stream it, but it's called Overcoming Self-Doubt. I feel yes. like we talk, you know, you and I have had conversations about imposter syndrome. I think it's one of those things that particularly when it comes to our dating lives, whether we're in a relationship or whether we're searching for one, that we can often feel overcome with self-doubt, right? Mm -hmm. Like that we're not good enough or that we have to change our body or we got to go get waxed another time or like whatever it may be. I love that. It's so true. (laughs) I like internally giggled. I'm like, oh, waxing. I can't tell you how many times I've like waxed my entire body before I was going on a date. Like, (laughs) you don't even deserve this wax. (laughs) I literally remember breaking up with a guy and had gotten waxed. He'd just come back from vacation. And he broke up with me when he got home, and I said to him, I was like, and to think I got waxed for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shit hurts. Oh, but um, yeah. the it'll be at Lululemon, so Lululemon and Nourish Your Soul will be joining me on Thursday, February 13th. We're starting at 6.30. I wanted to make sure that it was like after work, yeah. and we'll just we'll go until 7.45, and it'll be an interactive workshop, so bring your journals. It'll give you thought for per- time to think and have perspective mm-hmm. about your own life and what do you need and what do you want to really overcome that self-doubt because I don't think anybody doesn't face self-doubt and you are full of shit if you say that you do mm-hmm. like Definitely. so I think it's just time to be around like-minded women who can talk about the fact that we're like scrolling social media thinking that we should have that tight little waist or be able to buy all those clothes for that vacation that we take with that guy or that mm-hmm. girl you know so Um, yeah, that's kind of what's up. I've been gearing up for that and then gearing up for round two, which I have two group masterminds. Mm -hmm. One is love your life and we're in the midst of, of completing that. And so now we're going into follow your heart, which is really for those women who deliberately want to date and who really just want to go for at it from a healthy perspective. So if you're the kind of woman who shameless plug here, if you're the kind of woman who wants to attract a healthy and happy dating life, but really is coming at it from a place of like, here are my red flags, here's what's important to me, here's how I'm gonna follow my intuition, and you actively want to date. I don't want you to be like, kinda sorta not really dating. Like, do you wanna actively date? Mm -hmm. Then I would encourage you, you can enroll on my website, katiegrimes.com for 
um, follow your heart. Yeah, and I love that you said like actively dating um, as like a verb verb action because literally some people are dabbling in and out. And if you're on a mission to really, you know, you want to find a partner that is worthwhile, like you need to be pretty active and intentional about it. So it sounds like a good fit for people that are ready to shift gears. And let's face it, I mean, we want to attract a person that has a lot of great qualities but sometimes we really need to be mindful about our side of the street. And so I've found that a lot of a lot of women that reach out are like, oh, I can't make it past the first date, mm-hmm. or I'm making it past the third date and they're losing interest. And it's like, regardless of your sexual orientation, like we all face this stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily that something is wrong with you, but something is broken. So mm-hmm. let's kind of fix what what's up. Like yeah, get a little tune up. Are you like, <laughs> sharing too much information too soon on your first couple dates like you're trying to sleep with them like what's Mm -hmm. going on yeah and that's actually a good segue into our topic uh, topic for today which is kind of like love in a broad spectrum in terms of relationships and in terms of dating um and in terms of like the information we put out there when we are approaching love or dating um so i guess first we could start with when you start dating do you think that communication about the past is necessary so like last Last episode we had together, we really just focused on love addiction. So for the listeners, like today we're not talking about love addiction. We're really talking about the nitty gritty of like love and relationships and the stuff that goes in between. So communication about the past. Like, do you need to say that your ex was crazy? Okay, so let's talk about the past in two ways. Mm -hmm. One is your part in the past Mm -hmm. because you know you did some crazy shit. We all have. Um... And then let's talk about the exes past. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when it comes to the ex, the exes, I think my current boyfriend has said this to me. I know you have a past, but mm-hmm. I don't want to hear about it. Mm-hmm. I wonder if women to women deal with this because women to men deal with this a lot. I mm-hmm. think I, I'm a kind of person where I don't hold anything back. So mm-hmm. if you want to know about something, I'm going to tell you about yeah. it. But I, te- I used to do this thing where I would tell you too much information about mm-hmm. my past so that it would create a sense of intimacy. Mm-hmm. But what it ends up doing is creating a false sense of intimacy. Mm-hmm. So I find that less is more. Mm-hmm. And obviously they know you've slept with people before, they know you've been in relationships, but I don't think that you need to dive in too deep. Mm-hmm. I think one, when you first start dating someone, they are really truly getting to know you and they're trying to figure out if you're crazy. I mean, let's face it, you kind of go into it with some questions of like, so when was your last relationship? And yeah. like, how come you're still single? And like all these bullshit questions yeah. that are like, you're fishing for whether or not I'm going to treat you the way that you treated your ex or whatever. But the reality is, is if you can just show up on those dates, fancy, fun, and free, mm-hmm. and you slowly weave in the hardship, mm-hmm. like about your past or growing up, like I grew up, I grew up in a dysfunctional home where my, my mom was an alcoholic and... Mm-hmm. I really resented my dad for her alcoholism for a long time. Mm -hmm. And so I used to bring that into relationships. As a result of doing the work on myself and clearing up the past, I've then been able to not bring that into my relationship. Instead, Mm -hmm. I've been able to call my coach and to talk about the stuff that really bothers me when it comes to my mom or my dad or my family for that matter. And and to really leave that out of the conversation when I'm on a date so that I can show up. And so when somebody says, you know, hey, how was your week? I'm like, great. I had a great coaching call with my, you know, with my coach. We were talking about the past. And what I learned about myself was like, 
you know, I really have some shit I need to heal or whatever. And you keep it light, but like you don't have to go into great detail. Yeah. I was once sitting at a bar where a woman was talking to a guy. Did I tell you this example Mm -hmm. where he's like, they're on a first, they're on like a first date or a first couple of dates. I love scanning a bar to see who's on dates. Totally. I was like, (laughs) I was literally doing research, um, like doing a journal assignment for myself. And I heard her say this to him and I was like, oh fuck, this is gonna be good material. (laughs) So he says, oh my gosh, how are you? It's so good to see you. Mm -hmm. He is into her, okay? He's like leaning close. He is just all about her. And she goes, good. It was, he goes, how was your week? He goes, she goes, busy. And he's like, "Uh, oh. And then he had to redirect the conversation. Yeah. Because it was fucking awkward. Yeah. So ladies, stop saying you're good and you're busy. Yeah. Ain't nobody want to hear that. Yeah. Talk about something that really matters. Why was it busy? Like, why was it busy? <laughs> what did you get into? What yeah. projects are you working on at work? When it comes to the past as it relates to our side of the street, mm-hmm. where we have done some crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'll be the first to admit, I've literally broken into an ex's house. Mm-hmm. Like, crazy shit that mm-hmm. I just shouldn't have done, mm-hmm. but I have done. Uh-huh. Um, I found out he was cheating on me, so that's why I kind of broke <laughs> You in. went into spy mode. <laughs> Like, you don't say. And I like flip the <laughs> you window off. Throw that in there. You were on spy mode. Like, like, oh, those condoms are not mine. Have okay. you seen the memes where it's like, um, I can't find her on anywhere on Facebook. And then it's like, my friends, when we go on FBI mode, yeah. two, three seconds later, found her. Like, that's the mode. <laughs> okay. So yeah. true. So I find that I leave that crazy shit at the door. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't need to hear. I'm actually working with a client right now that she had a really difficult past relationship and she is actively dating and she's taken two years off to then look at her own behavior to figure out why did she get into that relationship? Like what's going on? How can she avoid being needy? How can she avoid stalking them? Mm -hmm. Like what are the things that she needs to do to really take good care of herself? So one of the things we've been dealing with is, oh shit, I had this really crazy past. Do I talk about this? And one guy she was on a date with was probing and like kept wanting to dig deeper. And she said, I got uncomfortable. Like I didn't want to talk about it. And I said, well, that's your intuition. Yeah. Okay. First of all, he doesn't need to know. And if he's asking, then it is actually quite dysfunctional why he's asking you. Yeah. So you got to be really clear. You can keep it light. You don't have to go into detail. She was like, but I feel like I should, because what if we build this relationship? I go, well, you can, you know, that fine point of like a couple of dates, versus we're getting to know each other versus like now we're in a committed relationship. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be like, hey, there's something really important that I need to tell you about, mm-hmm. but please frame it with like, and by the way, it's not an STD or whatever mm-hmm. it is, you know, yeah. like if it's not an STD. Mm-hmm. Um, because my boyfriend, when we were getting into a relationship, he was like, by the way, there's something important I need to tell you about, which I don't feel comfortable talking about mm-hmm. because he's not here. But I, I was like, oh my God. And, he, and then he tells me, and I'm like, oh, I totally thought you were going to tell me you yeah. had, like, herpes or something. Yeah. Like, I was like, it's not that serious. And he yeah. was like, oh, well, it's important to me in my past. And I was like, yeah. I get that. So yeah. I think, like, just judge your intuition and ask yourself whether or not you're telling them to push them away. Mm-hmm. And if you are, then you need to not tell them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was a really great question. Shout out to the listener who submitted that. Because having this conversation, I've been with my boyfriend for five years, and I realized we went into our relationship and present day still are in it, not knowing about each other's past. Like, I have no idea about any of his prior relationships in depth. Um, and it's just like, I, we're adults. Like, I know you slept and had other relationships prior to me, and I think you're 
an adult to understand, and so did I. Um, but sometimes it leaves a little um, inkling of mystery. Agreed. I think that there's the difference between vagueness and just being blind, mm -hmm. right? Whereas what you're describing, from my perspective, is a little bit of vagueness, right? You, mm -hmm. Overall, you know he's a good man. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you wouldn't have had a child with him and still be with him. Mm -hmm. I was in a relationship with someone who they had, I, I was just getting to know him, and I noticed that the other, like, other bedroom looked kind of empty, but there was still stuff in it, and it was weird. So I said to him, like, hey, what's the deal with this room? And so he told me that his ex had used, used to live there, mm -hmm. and I was like, wait so but you guys live together yeah but when we broke up she just went in she went to an into this separate bedroom yeah. we lived like this for a while and then she moved out and now it looks like she broke up with her boyfriend so she might like come back here or something and yeah. i was like oh fuck no oh, that's oh no no no, no. <laughs> so it's asking the right questions yeah. in a really natural and organic way to be able to figure out like for me i am not that secure as a woman to have my ex be, I mean, my boyfriend be friends with his exes. Mm -hmm. Now, my boyfriend has um, a child with another woman. Mm -hmm. They still have to communicate. Mm -hmm. And my, excuse me, my past relationship was also that of a, of a man who had a child with another woman. Mm -hmm. The difference is that man previously was sleeping mm -hmm. with his baby mama oh, great. when nice. I was with me. So my, my red flags were already up. Mm -hmm. And so when I got into this new relationship, I said to him, so I gotta give you a little clarity here because I know that this is already starting to spin in my head mm -hmm. that when you step outside to take a phone call because she's calling, mm -hmm. that's what he used to do, but yet he was telling her he loved her, right? Mm -hmm. So I said, um, not that you can't step outside and have conversations, you gotta do whatever you gotta do. But if you could just maybe be mindful mm -hmm. that that sometimes comes up for me yeah. I understand that, that this is my favorite line. I understand that that's my shit mm -hmm. and I'm working on that. Mm -hmm. But if you could just be conscientious of that, yeah. that would be really helpful. So you see, it gives him a little bit of detail without telling him he has to change, but that yeah. he could just be mindful. So I often find that he just naturally and organically will come back in from having a conversation and tell me what happened. And sometimes he doesn't, but I feel more secure knowing that. I shared with him how I might be affected. Yeah, and I think that wraps into the intuition. Um, you know, y things are going to alert you in a certain way, and you're like, okay, do I bring it up or do I not? And then, you know, is this considered a red flag for me or not? I think it's a case-by-case -case and a person-by-person -person basis, but really just laying it all out and addressing it, like with you with the phone call, you're like, okay, I noticed the behavior, you know, it's triggering me in a certain way. Let me just put it all out there and just be like, hey, this makes me feel this way about it. And, you know, can we just kind of be on the same page? Totally. So February 19th, I'm doing a masterclass on, it's, it's virtual, so you can be anywhere. But I'm doing a masterclass that is all about following your intuition and listening to red flags. Mm -hmm. Because I think it is one of those things, particularly as women, we have this thing called women's intuition. Mm -hmm. where We just know when something isn't right but that we often try to tell ourselves that what we're hearing and what we're seeing is not actually true. Mm -hmm. And that is something that we really need to be mindful of. It's really something we need to pay attention to and say, you know what? 
it might be because of a past experience and it is okay to acknowledge that with the person I'm going to date yeah. um, in a very gentle and loving way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been dating my boyfriend for a year and he says to me, there's a lot of things I need to pay attention about that you don't like or you do like. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I know I'm a whole person. Yeah. And he's like, well, sometimes the list of what you like don't... I was just holding your hand and buying you chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like, sometimes the list of what you don't like is pretty long. And I was like, I have a past. Yeah. And I said that to him. I said, I have a past where, you know, I was raped. And yeah. so, and, and he knows that. It was mm-hmm. something that I, I had brought up to him actually very early on mm-hmm. because it was still so fresh and so new. Mm-hmm. And I said, so I don't like when you put your hand over my, um, like, clavicle. Because mm-hmm. it makes me feel like you're choking me. Yeah. And, he, and I was like, do you need to know why that's yeah. important? And he yeah. was like, there's been times where he's like, no, I don't want to know. Yeah. Because I think as a, has his girlfriend and as a mm-hmm. woman, he doesn't want to visualize mm-hmm. that man trying to For choke sure, me. Yeah. Right? So, and I, and I apologize. I don't mean to trigger anybody if I am, but I, I feel like that was a big one for me. Mm-hmm. Like I have had sexual trauma. So as a result of that, it's really important that we have a conversation about where you can and cannot touch in my body. Mm-hmm. And if anybody hasn't done this before and any of the listeners, there are groups in your state that mm-hmm. are for free mm-hmm. that you can literally go to and they have convert you can have conversations about going through trauma and how do you show up and date and follow your intuition so for me my intuition was telling me because he accidentally brought his hand up to my clavicle that i was like oh no like my mind started going to flashbacks so i couldn't actually physically have sex with him because i was i was focusing somewhere else completely yeah and so i i think for me my red flag is you guys were, were looking out the window here because <laughs> there are helicopters flying very very like low to the massive, building we're in. Like there's a few of them. That's weird. You, you could probably will, come off in the audio. You guys will probably like, hear so it. Loud. Like is there a landing pad somewhere? So um so I found that it was really important for me to sit him down and mm-hmm. have a conversation. And if you notice, I didn't go into too much detail, but I just mm-hmm. I mean. You're not an idiot to know, like, oh, she doesn't like her hand there, yeah. someone's hand there because of that. Mm-hmm. So I just think that when it comes to red flags and intuition, our experiences in our past define what we like and what we don't like now. Yeah. And that we don't have to be ashamed to say how we feel. Yeah. Another quick example is, like, the other day, Matt told me that something I was feeling, what I saw wasn't actually what I saw. Mm-hmm. And it was silly. It was, like, mold on the window which is Mm -hmm. really important but it was (laughs) and I said to him you're gaslighting me and he was like what do you what does that mean and I was like you're telling me that what I'm actually seeing isn't actually true and that I shouldn't be feeling that way yeah and I was very loving but I was like it's important for me that you I'm looking at mold and you're looking at mold with me yeah so first of all it is what it is yeah and second of all I'm allowed to feel scared yeah that's a normal emotion when you see something so afterwards he he took a moment and he was like I, I apologize you're right I like I shouldn't I was like listen you're allowed to feel how you feel and I'm allowed to feel how I feel mm-hmm. but let's just support each other in that because sometimes we're going to feel differently yeah you know yeah that's really important because especially his list of things that you don't like he probably has a list that he of things he doesn't like but he is not even um aware that they exist right so just laying it out there and, and rolling with the punches almost. Well, I think it's what, what you it said about like. communication too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think women, we there's there two there's two way to go about it. You either 
shut down and don't want to talk about it or you are openly communicating or somewhere in between and so I think I tend to err on the side of openly communicating and sometimes like he's very my boyfriend is very anti-social in some ways Mm -hmm. so communication doesn't come easily to him Mm -hmm. so it's just one of those things that I need to pause and let him let him talk yeah probe (laughs) a little (laughs) um now that we've I feel like dived all up in your relationship. Um, I know that you guys are making distance work. Can you share with the listeners kind of like what are some challenges and um, maybe some tips that have made it work thus far? Having my own life. Mm -hmm. That has been a big one. It's not something I used to do. When I was in relationships long distance before, I actually lost a really good friend as a result of this because I would like only make time for her on the days that he wasn't available. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong, I still actively try to make Thursday night a date night. Mm -hmm. But on the weekends that I'm not with him, I am very much available for my friends now, which Mm -hmm. is something that I have tried to do a little bit differently. So let me talk about before and after. Yeah. Before, when I was in a long distance relationship, I was with him every weekend, even when he had his child. And I really lost touch with friends and family and didn't make an effort to get my workouts in or listen to the kind of music that I wanted to listen to. Like, like shut, shut it up. I mean, like, it was like Katie didn't even exist. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really understand. I understand now why I did that, which was I was in a very dysfunctional relationship, but I was merely mimicking how I grew up and I had no con concept of that whatsoever Mm. so with a lot of help through 12-step recovery is what I was able to figure out I was like oh I'm dating an alcoholic Mm -hmm. and they tend they can be very selfish and controlling and I am mirroring symptoms of that of someone who is deeply affected by alcoholism Mm -hmm. or in his case also sex addiction and um and that I think we both were suffering from love addiction. And so this constant need to want to be touched and this constant need to, and that was the other thing. It was like every time before I was getting ready to go up, I mean, we joked earlier about like getting waxed, but the amount of money I would spend on beauty products and clothing and getting getting all cute for him, getting all cute and realizing that I was not saving as much money because I was like too focused on the physical. And I wasn't asking him I wasn't asking him the right que- I was excuse me I was asking the right questions I wasn't listening for the answers. Mm. I was not. I was asking whether or not what his relationship was like with his ex. Mm-hmm. I was asking him how often he talks to her. I was asking him all of these things that were applicable for any girlfriend to know when you're sharing you know custody with someone's child. But I wasn't listening for the answers and I wasn't actually paying attention to what he was doing. Yeah. Because when if I look at that stuff I would have, and I did notice it, uh, but I chose to ignore it clearly, is that I would have realized that he was still actively in a relationship with her. Mm -hmm. And so what the difference is now is I don't run up there every chance I get. I am up there every week, but I don't run up there every chance I get. Mm -hmm. So on Thursdays we do a date, and then every other weekend, we spend a longer period of time together. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, my job is flexible, so yeah. I can take clients from Portsmouth. But I also make sure that I have built a sense of community in the area that he lives, because mm. we're an hour and a half away from each other. Yeah. And so last year, I wanted to move to Portsmouth. And I said to him, I'm not ready to move up here. Because of the work I had done in SLAA and 12-step recovery, I said, 
I don't have a sense of community up here. I don't have meetings. I don't have friends. I don't have anything. So I actually started reaching out to people who mm-hmm. I knew lived in the area to try to connect and try yeah. to build friendships with people. And what was interesting is last summer, I found that I would feel bad when I was out with them instead of him. Yeah. And so I would leave the bar early or I would leave the beach early to be with him. And then I finally talked to him about it and said, I'm doing this weird thing that is an old thing that I used to do when I, when I was in a relationship, which is that I feel bad that I'm like not spending time with you and I'm spending time with my friends. Yeah. And he said, he was very great about it. He said, well, first of all, you're your own person mm-hmm. and you're building, a re- you're building relationships up here so you can live up here. So I want to just like give you permission to not feel bad. Mm-hmm. So I would take off on Saturday mornings and I would go to the beach all day and I would make sure that I would get back at a reasonable time so we could spend time together. But I wouldn't call or text while I was at the beach. Mm-hmm. And I, the only thing I would do is if I was going to meet some friends after the beach, I might just shoot them a little love and be like, hey, I know I said I'd be home for dinner at 6.30, but it looks like 7. Mm-hmm. And I've tried to get a little bit better about that. But yeah. I, I think it made me like leave a little bit early and whatnot. And I, I from those friend groups. And I'm going to not do that moving forward. Um, so that's been something that I've been just like trying to consciously do is build a community out there outside of him. Yeah, and I think what I'm hearing a lot of too is just finding that balance. Like I love how you said like Thursdays you guys do date night. So I'm sure it was probably maybe because it's like halfway between the week. It's like fits with you guys' schedule. So just talking through those like, okay, what's a good balance? You guys are, are fortunate because I mean it's a good it's a good distance. Like it's it's workable versus people who maybe are like DC and Boston yeah. or like San Diego and Boston. Um, do you find that like in terms of communication via phone, is it like too constant? Is it healthy? Oh, um, and I had a second part to that question, but I'll let you answer that that portion. So here, I didn't even touch on this. So I'm really glad that you're mentioning this. Is that Matt and I don't talk very often. Okay. So I think I've come from the old school of thought where, in the past, you we we generally fell into a relationship if you were texting me good morning and good night. Mm-hmm. Like that's usually like the international sign. For yeah, it. for sure. Oh, he's into you. And what I found was I was dating somebody. I was just getting to know them maybe on two dates, and he was already doing that really mm-hmm. soon. So it made me think that the relationship was going faster than it was. Yeah. And it wasn't. Um, and so I actually stopped doing that in this relationship and in the relationships that I've had prior to meeting Matt. And it was really helpful. And I found that I was dating somebody who I really liked and really enjoyed, but he was calling and texting all the time and would get kind of um, pissy if I didn't respond right away. Yeah. That I realized that I couldn't be with him because I was changing and he and he was still behaving the way that I used to. Mm-hmm. So I tried to approach it with him and the person wasn't able to receive it. So I just said to him, like, I think we're in different places because you need this and I can't give this to you. And I don't want to feel guilty every time I called you a day later. Mm -hmm. And I used to feel really shitty when I would be in relationships with guys and they would, we'd be texting and then all of a sudden they wouldn't respond, like texting before bed and then they wouldn't respond. Yeah. So I try to make a conscientious effort that I let Matt meet me halfway, literally. Like I let Matt, we either pick a spot halfway where we're gonna physically meet, or I let him call me during the week. Mm -hmm. It doesn't come natural for him to do that with me. Mm -hmm. And so even this week, I said to him, he hadn't reached out for a couple days. Mm -hmm. So I called him and I was like, hey bud, 
I'm feeling mm-hmm. not a lot of love. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, first of all, Thursday night is normally our date night. And we haven't, you didn't ask if I was coming up this week mm-hmm. or make any plans. And I said, and also I haven't heard from you in a few days. Mm-hmm. It is totally okay if you need time alone. That's mm-hmm. fine. But like a little bit of love would be good. And he was like, you're right. I haven't. So mm-hmm. he's conscientious of it like once it happens. Yeah. But it's okay as his girlfriend for me to tell him when I need a little love. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I had my head down and was going a million miles an hour. Yeah. But I think be conscientious. Like are you in the kind of relationship or wanting to be in the kind of relationship where you want to be talking all the time? Mm-hmm. Because for us, it's faded. You know, at the beginning, mm-hmm. it was hot and heavy, and we were like, couldn't wait to talk to each other in the middle of work day. Mm-hmm. Now, I call him in the middle of work day, and he's like, hey, babe, I'm at work. Can I call you at 3.30? And I'm like, yeah. I'll joke with him. I'll be like, oh, the honeymoon's <laughs> over. <Yeah. laughs> but I think, you know, it goes back to this idea of fear of abandonment and fear of rejection is we got to be okay with being okay by ourselves Mm -hmm. and that means giving the people that we're dating a little bit of space so that they can grow as individuals so when they're out with their friends don't text them let me know you got home safe like just let them be yeah have have him or her call you the next day and let you know how it was yeah um the second part of the question was attachment like do you think over texting and over calling and just over communication um or guess spending time, like just need to be together every second of the day. Do you think that overattachment is ultimately kind of unhealthy? Yeah. Um, and how um, maybe maybe even some of your clients deal with this, like the over or lack of attachment and how to cope. So, yeah. So what comes to mind is my own experience with mm-hmm. it, which is that I've definitely been in the two schools. I've been experienced both. both one of which is like the over attachment calling texting giving each other heads up uh when we're coming home or leaving the nail salon like we were saying mm-hmm. and earlier and then i found that it was really unhealthy and very dysfunctional mm-hmm. it made us incredibly codependent on each other where my happiness began and end with his mm-hmm. and if i didn't get a text or a response back right away then I was like, oh shit, did I do something wrong? And then I'd start overanalyzing. Or if I sent a text message and didn't get the response that I wanted, I would start reading back the text messages prior to that and realizing like, where did we go wrong? Yeah. I think text message is dangerous. I think it's kind of like what people are concerned about in terms of social media addiction. Mm -hmm. You can't really understand someone's tone of voice Mm -hmm. and it doesn't as much as we're desperate to connect and as well as we should, we are humans and the way that we love each other is through feeling connected, right? You yeah. and I hit it off. We feel, we're feeling the love, right? Yeah. Is that it, it can be very destructive when we think that the person that we're supposed to spend our time with, be it a boyfriend or a girlfriend, should be our end all be all. Mm-hmm. I've got a, I used to have a friend, I don't have her anymore, who every single freaking time she gets a boyfriend, she drops me like a bad habit. Mm-hmm. When we're when she's not dating and she's just like actively dating here and there. Mingling, yeah. Oh, she, we're we're like attached to the to the hip. Yeah. And I said to her like, this is an issue for me. 
Like you literally dropped me. And sure enough, the next relationship she got, she was like, I'm so sorry, I'll never do that again. And the next relationship she got, she stopped calling. Yeah. And when I called her out on it, she then turned it around on me and I was like, oh no, this is you boo, yeah. this is not me. Yeah. And so I have compassion for her and I have compassion for women who do that because I was that woman. Mm-hmm. The difference was is that I didn't want to be that woman anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think, here's the thing, if you, we are all going to die, mm-hmm. we are. So why are we acting like this person that we're with is everything to us? Mm-hmm. Because what happens if they die? Mm-hmm. Then what happens to you? Yeah. You are still left here standing, having to go to work, be friends, be a good mother, be a good daughter, whatever it may be. You, we can't rely on other people's happiness to define our own. Mm-hmm. We Preach. need to, right? <laughs> Preach. We, I think from my perspective, I've had to build a life where I communicate with my partner like I would a friend or my or my own parents. Like I talk to my parents like once a week, or my dad I actually talk to way more, probably twice or three times a week. Mm-hmm. It's not a codependent thing. It's just sort of like, hey, what's up? I heard touching this great base. song. Yeah. Like we're just like touching base, you know. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I found to be best for me anyway. That's been my own experience. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Glow Up Effect podcast. If you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe and leave a review. If you love this episode, please share with your friends and family and tell them to check out the Glow Up Effect. Lastly, if you don't already, please check me out on Instagram at the Glow Up Effect.